Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds. Welcome to Nerd Association from the WBNS studios in Columbus. I'm your host, Daniel Barnett. And I'm your host, Mark Finch. Daniel, I've got a question for you. All right, I'm ready. What do you think of when I say Space Force? <laughs> um, I'm going to withhold all of my <laughs> personal opinion. Uh, I, you know, it's this uh, this newest branch of the military that a lot of people have kind of um, raised eyebrows about. Mm-hmm. Harkens back to Reagan's talk of Star Wars back in the day. Um, it kind of makes me think of... I know today what we're talking about, so I can't pretend that I'm ignorant, <laughs> but it also makes me think of um, the expanse being the like gritty far future dark version of yeah. where kind of where we're seeing the first steps. But I know in this case, we're talking about the new series with Steve Carell. Yes, made by uh, Steve Carell and Greg Daniels, who Greg Daniels was the creator of the American Office. So those guys back together, everybody, well, not everybody, but most people like The Office. It's a pretty popular show. Mm -hmm. So for them to come back together, a lot of people were excited. Uh, A basic synopsis of the show, Steve Carell plays... uh, Mark Naird, and he takes over Space Force. He thinks he's going to be taking over the Air Force, and then they they go, nope, new thing, (laughs) and they give him Space Force, and then he gets relocated out to Colorado, and it kind of tears his family apart, his, you know, his unit of a family. Mm -hmm. um, Well, you know, it's not a spoiler because it's in, like, the first episode. His wife ends up in prison. His daughter is kind of a social outcast because she doesn't want to conform with Colorado, um, but then he's out there, and they basically just throw shade at the idea of Space Force, but also don't the whole time they like because Steve Carell is such like an endearing character. Mm-hmm. They they turn it around there, and that's it's kind of it, it's almost like Space Force is treated like Michael Scott the the character, and now it's the whole idea, and Steve Carell is at the center of it still, where Space Force is like a joke. Mm-hmm. But when Steve Carell does his little, you know, pull your heartstrings thing, it still sure. it still gets you, and they 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 pull that trick off. Um, but yeah, so the show is just about the day to day of getting that going, and their their main goal right now is boots on the moon by 2024. That's what they keep saying, and the the season culminates to getting a launch off and getting people to the moon, astronauts, spacemen, as they call them sometimes. Now. This is the point where you and I should discuss. This is a, sh- a show about nerd culture, so yes. we should have the discussion about spoilers. Let's let's. I say, if you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. you want to go in spoiler free. Maybe this is your moment to cut off, but I'd like to be untethered by the worry of spoilers. From I think so on. too, and okay? it's not. <laughs> I think you could also still get just about the same amount out of this show. It's not like a mystery or yeah. something like that. But yeah, if you don't want spoilers get out now it's not uh yeah it's not a show that like you don't really fully see where it's going but sure. <laughs> for sure yeah if you don't want spoilers get out now because we're going to be talking about anything yeah well and the, and the I, I agree with you that most of the conflicts of the entire season are set up in episode one or i th- i think all in episode one i don't think there's any in episode two that aren't pretty clear yeah like by the time you get to the end of the series what's going to be on the table so in any case speaking of episodes and setting up conflicts like that it was a i rewatched it so i've seen it twice i've seen all 10 episodes twice now and it seems to me like it was sort of trying to do that new streaming thing where 
television shows are just six hour long movies sure instead of you know just a bunch of episodes and that's because you can sit and binge watch and that's been a a, a good thing for storytelling but I also think it's it's a little episodic still mm-hmm. there are there the episodes do stand alone where you're like this is you know the old friends way of labeling episodes the one where they sure. and then you can say that for pretty much every episode but there is still the whole story throughout the 10 episodes well and I think that's very similar to I mean the office is the obvious example mm-hmm. I never watched Parks and Rec maybe you were a big Parks and Rec I like guy. Parks and Rec um, but I'm you know kind of what what comedy shows do which is you know there have to be some through storylines or people will just get bored but for yeah. the most part they kind of each stand alone and tackle their own sort of you know topic um, I, I think it's good to maybe kind of talk about like the, about the office and you know with your knowledge of parks and rec because mm-hmm. as far as i'm concerned this is just the office with much higher stakes and that's good and bad like that works both ways for me what were your like kind of what were your initial thoughts on watching it and then maybe on the rewatch greg daniels and steve carell are definitely leaning into their strengths of pointing out the absurdities of the workplace this is obviously a bigger workplace where there are billions of dollars at stake and people's lives are on the line. You know, it's not selling paper anymore. But yeah, I mean, absent the talking heads, it is. It's a workplace comedy for mm-hmm. the most. That's the that's the main part of the show. Sure. There's a, there's a, you know more elements than The Office had, but that's just because streaming gives you different leeway. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think they really hit their strengths and it's it's very enjoyable. But it also it uh. It has a little bit more of reality sinking in where there's parts where you're like, oh, that's funny, but oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I So I think if I'm gathering your tone, your reception was pretty positive. You liked it. I liked it. I'm, I may need to watch it again because I'm not so sure about it. What didn't you like? <laughs> um, I think as I loved The Office in mm-hmm. the, what, the first five seasons, even season seven, it was where it and season seven is where Carell leaves. Yes. Um, yeah, basically through season five, it's kind of the same show. Uh, probably around season five, season six is when they really turned a corner of like zaniness. Yeah, and the show gets a little off the off the rails. It's still I still like it, but the if you like The Office, you should really like seasons one through five. Sure. Well, and and uh, so to me, the comparisons to The Office were so prevalent that I had a hard time divorcing myself of some of that okay. and not thinking of it as like, it, it kind of felt like um, if Michael Scott wrote another movie in the vein of threat level midnight. <laughs> yeah. So part of that was just kind of like, I don't, I don't know, like leaning a little well, too hard on the it's strings. It's funny because Michael Scott moves to Colorado at right. the end of the <laughs> exactly. office and then you start this show and there's, you know, a guy who looks just like Michael Scott now living in Colorado. And I think part two was, so my, my day job is that I'm a reporter and, um, this is so close to reality and, yeah. and I think in this season, and I want to come back to the idea of this season and then future seasons, um, it is it tries very hard on both comedic elements and political commentary elements mm-hmm. and i don't know that either of them landed super well for me there are some moments where they seem to like toe the line and try to play both sides i mean it's it's literally like one of the first jokes of the series when he meets up with the uh the the air force yeah. general and he says oh something about him like i'll have you wearing a dress or something like that and he's like gender roles are not the norm and blah and it's like they're like trying to like play the woke side of that yeah but also still like poking fun at like the the joke of people who are woke 
Yeah, like right. Steve Carell's supposed to be like not quite getting the point of it. And like I'm like, so which which side are you, which side are you like defending? Yeah. I don't know. It's just strange. But I, I do see what you're saying there a little bit. There are some jokes that don't quite land exactly. I think what they're trying to say. Well, and Do- and uh, John Malkovich's character, Doctor Mallory, I felt like. Um, I love John Malkovich. I so. do too. Oh, he's great. <laughs> he I, sells I think, out for roles. I, <laughs> do you remember Robert California? Yeah. You know how Robert California was kind of the the like finally the adult that came into the room and stopped and told the kids to stop having fun. Uh huh. Um. I think that Dr. Mallory's character is that in this show mm-hmm. and in a, and like in a way that I think actually took the comedy out of the room sometimes okay. not because he did it poorly but yeah. I just think that and and again I don't even want to say that this is a reflection on the the actors as much as I just but I wonder the office and from what I understand Parks and Rec mm-hmm. the first seasons of those shows are hard to watch They're, once you have seen future seasons the Parks and Rec once they bring in um what the the two extra characters? Uh, I can't remember their their names right now. Rob Lowe and yeah. and Ben, who plays Ben, uh, Ben who is Ben in the show. Whatever. <laughs> um, once they bring them in, that show completely changes. Yeah. They completely changed what I. Th- and that one I think was conscious. Sure. The Office just kind of slowly changed, and they may, I mean they obviously made some conscious changes, but like the Barks and Rec was like a they flipped a switch. Yeah. And so I, I have high hopes for Space Force mm-hmm. and where it heads. And I even think some of the storylines they set up in the in this season, mm-hmm. um, I think particularly, again, spoilers, that they are all stuck on the moon. Is a ver- to me, like that's a very interesting thing to yeah. handle as a workplace comedy because, first of all, they've never, there's never been a workplace comedy where everyone was stuck together on yeah. the moon. Um, but second of all, I think that that's a situation where I can see humor in the face of something really uh like dire dire could mm. could work yeah like in in the way that you probably would get super slappy and like crazy if you were in a situation where like oh i'm oh i'm stranded on the moon it'll take <laughs> it'll take years for them to get anybody up here to get us one thing i find really interesting about the space space and the moon in general is that like you read stories about when they finally were sending people up there in the late 60s and all the time now that there are just even the smartest people in the room in the world possibly there are just things they don't think of sure which means there's plenty of things we don't know that they they can use for comedy fodder. That's true. And well, I think that will be a big aspect going forward. Well, and I, I thought even this is earlier in the season where they talk about just the costs of sending things like it's $10,000 to send an orange into yeah. space. Like that's probably literally, well, maybe not literally true, but like very close to the truth. Yeah. And those are the kinds of things that you and I just can't conceive of. Right. Yeah. So I do think I, to your point, I think that that's true. They probably will have stuff like that that they'll be able to play with. Yeah, um, I do. I see a little. I I love John Malkovich's character because I just love the way he sells out for characters. But I do see kind of what you're saying is that there's supposed to be some groan-inducing facepalm type things, and then he's the character in the show doing it. And I I see how you mean like that can take some of the enjoyment out of you laughing at it when the character in the show is also what? acknowledging it. And as I said personally, like. Uh, it's hard for me to find comedy in a thing that is a little too close to reality. Yeah. And, you know, the, the nods to uh, the, where well, do we have any projects ready? Well, the climate pod is ready to go up. Well, we can't do that one. <laughs> well, why not? Well, uh, the you one, know, obviously the one where, uh, <laughs> where they're having the budget meeting right before it, the the Air Force general is talking to Dr. Mallory yeah. and he's like, I care about the earth, like trying to like get him to like turn on uh, Naird. And it's just like, 
Yeah, there's that moment where it's just like these, you know, these guys don't care. Well, I, I, but at the same time, I did think there were some moments where some of that stuff landed well, like mm. uh, the, the the old Southern senator talking about our beautiful flat Earth. I, I did have to sort of it's round, sir. <laughs> I did have to laugh at that. But no, this is not uh, disparaging uh, criticism. Like I said, I suspect that like most Greg Daniels joints, mm-hmm. uh, that this will be like the growing pains happen early instead of you know a lot of series. They get to season three or four, and that's where they have their growing yeah. pains, and then it's hard to recover from that. Um, but no, I th- I think uh, you know it was all in all, I'm excited to see to see a second season of it. I'd like to rewatch it, mm-hmm. um, and and I think you know I watched it in preparation for this show and had to do it rather hurriedly. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I don't I don't want to get draw reach our conclusions this early. I mean, tell me what you sell me on it. What did you love about it? I think my favorite aspect of it was, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the way Steve Carell brings it around, just his character, the endearing nature he can throw into a character and and thus into the show. I really liked that. I really liked John Malkovich's character. I loved their interactions yeah. with each other. And then another character I really loved was F. Tony. <laughs> F. Tony, what is it? Scarapaducci. Scarapaducci. Who, Which again, <laughs> very close to real life with that. Yeah, one. <laughs> he's. They're, they're obviously referring to Scaramucci. Yeah, is that F. Jerry too? No. He, well, so no, he's Anthony Scaramucci. Okay. F. Jerry. It, it was behind Fire Festival. Bingo, I was going to say. So yeah. I, maybe a little combination of both Two of those characters for into sure. there, and they do that a few times. There's a few characters also, uh, like. Edison James, who is played by Caitlin Olsen from Sunny, who is kind of supposed to be like a female Elon Musk. Elon type. Musk. Yeah. Uh, you have that. They only refer to the president as POTUS. <laughs> they, you know, and it's you know, it's just a wink, wink. Like, right? You well, know, I, and um, what was it? India sex is only for winners. Like, <laughs> I just thought that was what a ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, I liked it. Uh, and then as the surrogate for the president, they have the uh, secretary of defense, who is the only other person that Naird has to listen to. Right. Technically, besides the president. Um, I like that aspect, too, how there's like it mirrors our real life, but they they tilted the mirror a sure. little bit. So it's not they're not saying exactly one to one things. Um, there's a congresswoman during the. <laughs> during the uh, budget committee meeting, who is clearly based off a congresswoman from yeah. New York, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yes. In fact, her the the one in the in the uh, show is A Y C. I don't exactly remember what the but yeah, off it's, top of my head. But especially yeah. once they say her name, you know, okay, this is exactly yeah. who they're. <laughs> I thought that was a, a, a cool choice. So you didn't have to just. You got to make fun of the idea of the absurdities of some of these people and sure. without having to deal with the real life Rim, the ramifications of actually like <laughs> yeah um I didn't really care for the wife in prison storyline I'll actually say that it felt very arrested development uh-huh um but Lisa Kudrow so to I I agree with you about Steve Carell but to me Lisa Kudrow does that thing well also which mm-hmm. is to play a character that makes bad choices and like doesn't have common sense. Cause let's be honest, like Phoebe from friends, yeah. Michael Scott are the sort of lovable goofs mm-hmm. and they play those kinds of characters so well. That, yeah. Like, Low self-awareness <laughs> right. mm-hmm. that it's, I, I, I kind of had to warm up to that. Uh, I did. And I did think the, um, I thought the conjugal visit episode as a bottle episode was yeah. very good. I, I mean, I liked it. It was my least favorite episode. I well, I I liked um 
I don't know. I just thought it was maybe the better. I thought it was where the season started to turn a little bit for me and mm-hmm. was a better like like the Michael Scarn accent was starting to go away a little bit. That, I on rewatch that stuck out to me more. He's like, "Oh, we got to we got to get this, this spaceship up into the sky." And then by the end of it, he's just kind of given up on that accent, which <laughs> yeah. really I think is a good thing. Um I did the moment I think though that I pa- face palmed the hardest was when the daughter was running with the inmates mm-hmm. and like <laughs> suddenly was like, "Oh, I remember how much running is like <laughs> good for me." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, I like mean, what? Yeah, you needed to be rem- that, but you needed to be reminded that running was a, a good activity by, for by going around the prison yard. Like- Which also, like, I, I pointed this out to J Lo while we were rewatching, and I was like, "Would they really just let somebody run no. around the fence?" And she's like, "Well, she did show up in a helicopter with a four star general, <laughs> so maybe her." And maybe. I was like, "Maybe," but I don't think you can just go and run with prisoners during their wreck time. <laughs> I will also say that that character, Aaron, um, you know, the Mark Naird's daughter, mm-hmm. I thought, so they moved from D.C. to Colorado. First of all, I've never thought of Colorado as being like a backwoods. I know. that's uh, the, I, They really <laughs> drag Colorado, and I'm like, Colorado is like supposed to be one beautiful, like, it marijuana's legalized. Yeah. Like, there's, they're a good, I mean, I think people enjoy, people go to Colorado for vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I thought they kind of missed some opportunities with her and her, like, inter- I almost said intercourse, interactions <laughs> with Duncan, who is the sort of the guard character. He's, you know, from the South. They play him off as being very dumb and very backward. He has no imagination. And I just felt like for a character who's talking, uh, you know, she's the most, uh, she's the best example of, like, the woke young Gen, probably Gen Z-er, uh-huh. uh, who just could not give a crap about Duncan and like d- does everything, which I guess is it's again, sort of commentary on woke culture that yeah. ignores that. In fact, there are some decent people that come from different parts of the world. Yeah, Like Duncan, like she acts like, he, yeah, he's kind of played off as dumb for sure, but she acts like he's like mean or like yeah. insincere. And he's just like really nice. Just like just remembers kind of her name like and corn like, fed kind of salt of the earth kind of guy. Yeah. Know? Learns to say acai the correct way because he felt stupid. Um, yeah, and then she just, like, she kind of flirts with them, but mostly just rolls her eyes at him. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was, and, and maybe that's setting up for, again, for, like, a season two thing where they, mm-hmm. where she's like, oh, maybe I'm the one that's being the jerk. Yeah. And um, maybe that's, maybe that's a good point for getting in the relationships set up sure. in the show. So that's one, Duncan and uh, Aaron. Which they, again, they, I think the- Sort of a triangle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although she gives up on it. <laughs> <With> Yuri. <laughs> Yuri. I do have to say, some of the character characters, and I think this is what The Office did really well, is that uh-huh. some of them are so clearly caricatures. Yeah. And like th- Brad, his his yeah. uh, his assistant receptionist type yeah, guy yeah. who sits outside uh, Steve Carell, Mark Nerd's office, and he just always lets people in the office. I think sometimes that, in a show like this, you mm-hmm. need a little bit more of that, and I thought the episode... But I want to talk about relationships. Sorry, yeah, but like but, the episodes where he was in the sort of simulator with mm-hmm. the kook, like people were like really crazy and kooky. Yeah, that was maybe one of the more fun episodes and the ones that I I enjoyed was, that yeah. one. But anyway, relationships. So yeah. Aaron so, and and Duncan is one that they're clearly trying to set up. Yeah, and that I think is probably second. I think the I think the top one is Chan and Angela Ali. Yeah, I think that's the one they're real. That's their Jim and Pam. 
That's exactly. I was going to say, I think that that's the Jim and Pam, and, and it kind of switches the gender roles in this case mm-hmm. a little bit because, uh, you know, Angela's more like the cool one, and yeah. Jan is more of the, like, sort of nerdy, quiet one. Yeah, because he's the scientist, and he's back at Mission Control, and she's out there on on the moon. Uh, I like theirs. I think theirs is really cute when he's driving her back from the from the eye appointment yeah. after she got LASIK or whatever, and they're doing the, the K-pop dances, and I, they 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 actually work together. It, yeah, it the, seems like an unlikely pairing, but the characters work well as they as they point out, you know, very much on the nose because he's a member of a Facebook group that's like Asian men looking for black women. The, what is he, he calls it? Bwam. <laughs> yeah, but, and uh, and how they're the least likely pairing, but statistically the most likely to work out yeah. or like to stay together. And so I just I thought that was funny that the writers. Knowing that the viewer would probably go, I don't know about that, would go, but actually, the scientist is the one to say, but statistically, yeah. like. <laughs> I think the, that's a, the, we'll get to that, because let's keep going yeah. with the relationships, because then there's, it's not a triangle, but Steve Carell and his wife, played by Lisa Kudrow, who you mentioned, they sort of split. Well, they have an. Uh, she wants they, an open yeah, they, marriage. They have an open marriage. They get to the, that's in the conjugal visit episode. They get to that agreement, she, which I thought was a little dishonest by her because she kind of already has a girlfriend when she does it. I don't think it's a terrible idea. I it would. I, it's something I understand for you know even in real life, but it, it does seem dishonest from her to come with. She already has a girlfriend, and she's like, well, maybe you could find one too. Well, and that that episode where. Steve Carell does really well the the thing and Michael Scott was this kind of character too. Mark mm-hmm. Naird is this kind of character where they don't realize that how deeply they're digging themselves in. Yeah. Does that make sense or like how badly they're screwing up or and in this case it's like he just did not see it coming at all. Yeah. And so he, you're right that he plays that sort of like that disappointment or that mm-hmm. re, that realization moment in a really good way but yeah no it's definitely dishonest you're not supposed to like her character yeah um and then we don't I, know what her crime is we don't know what her crime is which i well i think i don't know if i wonder if she's not actually the spy hmm. that she's the one that was feeding the information maybe um there's an, a whole episode on like who's the spy yeah um, to me that might make her the a candidate for that mm-hmm. um but we'll see. And, and the the prison guard that she has a relationship with, remind me, I can't remember her name. I can't remember it off the top of my head either. Because she's very much a, like a, oh. Because I know it's, I know it's Kelly who Mark ends up dating, the engineer yes. yeah, yeah. that works on the base as a private contractor. Um, And I think they're... Their relationship works, but it's just not, it's just like give him somebody to bounce off of. I think... I think the the best part about them is how she doesn't care about BSing with this four star general who's yeah. very uptight and like she's like when he makes the pasta and it's all wrong she's like do you have any sauce and he's like uh, I forgot the sauce and she's like well I'm not gonna eat this because I'm not a child <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no it is it is nice one well, it sets it sets up the sort of him taking himself a little less seriously the, yeah and like the softening the of hu- that yeah then looking more at the humanity of things which obviously is important to his character but but he doesn't really see his, his avenue of doing that until mm-hmm. he's kind of woken up to the idea that oh actually i can do the right thing and i can do the thing that's like better for people yeah um so yeah if- no i think that's it's you're and you're right it's more of like a love square yeah 
kind of there, but and then they end up in the last episode because she escapes from prison, right? Um, to save her daughter, which ter- that's a terrible decision. Just getting into a a truck with some random guys at a rundown gas, gas station. station. By the way, can I just say that you brought this up earlier about Colorado and how like you can smoke weed legally. It's funny that, that because of that, the drug party that they had to do was a crack party. Yeah, it has they, to, they have to step that up. They had to make it something really, they had to make it something that, that t- to the viewer was like, uh, you know, objectively bad. Yeah. But they also can't do like heroin because that's a real crisis. Like that's a real, I mean, not that crack isn't, no, and but, they, but but they had to pick a, the right drug. She'd and, probably be able to get away pretty quickly if they were high on heroin that's too, because that's a the, you get really low. Yeah. When you're, but <laughs> but no, I th- I did think it was interesting how because it's Colorado, they couldn't just have like they can't be smoking weed or like yeah. dropping LSD. I didn't think off. about that at the time. I noticed it was crack, <laughs> which I'm which yeah that that sets off your alert alert. Yeah. <laughs> but it, you're right. If it was weed, you would probably. In Colorado, especially, but even just in general, you'd be like, okay, oh, yeah, like she's a high like, schooler. Like, yeah, she's going to a party. Maybe she, like, this might not be the best decision she's ever made, but it's probably not the worst. And yeah. it's like, oh, no, but they're smoking crack. <laughs> probably not great. Yeah. Uh, on that, one thing that I thought was like a, I don't know if a failed setup or what to call it, but she gets, she goes to that and she gets really nervous and she finally gets a hold of her dad. He's been arrested by the Air Force general right. because he won't listen to commands to fight the Chinese on the moon, which if you haven't seen the show, this probably sounds like, what? We skipped a few steps. Not important right now. <laughs> the point is when Yeah, Aaron, the, the, the World War 3 on the moon. They moon s- War 1 <laughs> is not as important as Sorry, go ahead. They set up Aaron like getting back into running and all this stuff and she's like, she's liking it now and even like that episode she's running on the base or the episode before she, yeah. after she did it at the at the prison and then she gets away by stealing a bike. Well, okay, but that paid off a thing earlier in the show where she's like, if I, you know, I've moved from DC to Colorado and the only way I'm going to fit in is if I have a dirt bike <laughs> and what was it, a dirt bike and something else, but it pays off that yeah. she finally has a dirt bike. Okay. Like how can she look down on dirt bikes if it's the thing that saved her life from, from crackheads do, also on dirt bikes? I just thought it was weird to set up the running so much there at the end of the season. Sure. And then not have her escape by like being able to run longer than these guys or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you're right. I, I can't disagree with that. Um, it, it 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 favored one payoff by sacrificing another payoff. Yeah, but then she's saved by Naredex Machina who comes in with, <laughs> with, a, with the helicopter. helicopter. <laughs> Which if you're chasing somebody in a truck on a bike and all of a sudden a helicopter comes down... You're probably questioning the drugs you just used. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably, and and I guess you got to give. I'm gonna say this phrase that I've never said in my life. You got to give the crackheads credit that, <laughs> that they recognized they yeah. were outmatched in that moment. And they just they were like, ah, not worth it. Jeez. Uh, a few things I, I a few things I noticed that I I wanted to point out. Um, the students at Aaron's high school when Mark Naird goes to speak in the first episode. Yeah. They show these two students who are like excited by it, and then those guys not only join Space Force, they end up on the trip to the moon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, the the group they put together for the moon, I 
<laughs> Again. I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just who who you could get to sign up for that mission. I mean, d- down to Captain Ali is just started learning this. Right. And she's in charge. Like it doesn't it doesn't seem too improbable that she could get there. Like they set her up as right. a competent person who could be an astronaut, but like she starts it and then like a few weeks later she's going with this ragtag group of basically people they just found around the base. Do you think though it- I mean, I, obviously, that sets up the sort of slapsticky. Mm-hmm. But I do you think it also is sort of a poke of fun at like movies like Armageddon, where they put a bunch of like drill operators yeah. together to to become astronauts in like what is it three days in that movie? Yeah, and then uh, even Nerd kind of pokes fun at it with the answers to the question. They're like these untrained astronauts. He's like. Well, nobody's an astronaut until they go into space, and it's like I guess, I suppose, but <laughs> like I can't argue with that logic. But you could still train somebody to a higher degree before you send them into space. I do have to say too, we're we're all over the place, but that's yeah. okay. If you're listening to Nerd Association, you you know that by now. Um, I do have to say that I liked the moment. So they there's a moment where they're they're told they have to go. Uh, they have to go attack the Chinese moon base mm-hmm. because the uh, the Chinese astronauts or moon, you know, spacemen yeah. uh, ran over the original Apollo flag. Yes. Which, by the way, can we talk about how war didn't start when they clipped the, the solar panels off of a satellite, <laughs> but it did start when they ran over a flag on the moon. That yeah. should tell you something. A satellite that cost you you know billions, billions of dollars. Yeah. What was it? <laughs> or no, the rocket cost four middle schools. The, yeah. The... <laughs> But I did it. So, you know, they get this order. There's this revelation that there have been got there were guns on the pods, mm-hmm. which, you know, Dr. Mallory resigns because he's like, you told me there wasn't room for a toothbrush and you could fit an AR. That's a great scene. That yeah. that might be my favorite scene of the season. I think that's what gave me hope that it's fact, in fact, just the Greg Daniels thing where season one's weak. And mm-hmm. then but like you figure out what works for each right. character, because he's obviously very good at. Like you said, accentuating the caricatures of characters in ways that isn't annoying. Right, that it's endearing. Mm-hmm. But I, but I liked that. You know, they he he tells them. Uh, General Naird tells them dismantle them, use it for other stuff, and they're then ordered to do an attack with wrenches. <laughs> and I, I will admit that I I had a moment where I was like, so they have the wrenches and they go and they yeah. like shut, they like turn off the air and things and make basically make the you know it un- uninhabitable. Yeah, and I was like, oh clever all right i get it now like <laughs> and it well and it's and it's so stupid because when they're going to do that they pass the chinese and it's like hello guys yeah, what yeah. Do you, why do you think they're going that direction <laughs> yeah. while you're going this direction like yeah uh, yeah but then they kind of both play themselves because they both go destroy it and now what now yeah well and of course that's setting up the the season two where they're gonna mm-hmm. have to work together and figure out a way to survive on the moon and that will become its own sort of workplace comedy yeah and then you'll kind of have you'll have two factions they can communicate obviously but the it, it it sort of reminds me with that idea of the office season three well i was just gonna say that it's like where the two offices are, are put together and now yeah. you suddenly have these characters that are like you know lo- quote-unquote loyal to an office it's mm-hmm. exactly like that it kind of makes me wonder if the office drama like they had to take the whole season to set up what will actually be the the office, mm-hmm. lowercase t, lowercase o, the they office, had to get, which is the the moon bases. <laughs> they had to get past their much larger concept, right? Because the office is it's an office. They sell paper. It takes two sentence. It literally takes those two right. sentences to explain it. 
This takes a lot more setup. It, it would be it would be it would have been harder to sell audiences on. So there's there's this ruined moon, mm-hmm. these two ruined moon bases, and the American and the Chinese astronauts are going to have to learn to work together, a ragtag group. Like yeah, yeah, and, that that would not have gone down as as. And you wouldn't have been able to set up the character relationships and dynamics without them first being on Earth. Like if they started with the astronauts, like in the first episode, sending them to the moon, that wouldn't, I mean, it could work, but it wouldn't set up the interrelationships between the moon and the people back down on Earth in the base. Sure. And I do think that there was certainly, I don't know how much more they could get out of it, but the sort of office politics quote unquote of being uh, you know the different chiefs of staff the joint chiefs of staff of the military unit yeah that was good but i don't know how much more you can get out of that yeah i think that's more of like just having some fabulous cameos of people that everybody likes they're all funny um i think it'll come down more to the the air force general and the secretary of defense will be more recurring characters and just every so often they'll have all what is it six of them? Yeah, yeah. including including the Coast Guard. <laughs> you Coast Guard. You're still last. <laughs> I, I I don't know if if anybody who's actually in the military or anything wants to point that out to me that the Coast Guard is like made fun of as lesser. I I was not aware of that that stereotype. Um, I don't know that I would have thought of it as being like that big of a stereotype uh-huh. within the service. I do think there's this idea, and I don't. I'm not saying I support this idea that like the Coast Guard. They don't go and fight wars. They yeah. just like, but also the Coast Guard tends to be the ones that like rescue pe- like refugees and mm-hmm. also like bust drugs coming into the country like via boat. I think they're doing their nerd yeah. association does not sponsor the dragging of <laughs> the, Coast, the Guard. Coast Guard. Amen. <laughs> I will get behind that statement. Uh, yeah. So we had a little discussion there about like what we think they could do for season two. I think they've set that up. Yeah. Pretty well. Um. And again, I think that's for me. That's what makes me want to go back and rewatch the season to give it another shot. Mm-hmm. I know I was a little harsh earlier on, but give it another shot. See those kinds of connections, and I do think that that's like the season two setups are more promising to me. Let me ask you a few questions. Yeah, who's your favorite character? Mm, I, I think with I agree with you that Doctor Mallory is. I you gotta love John Mallory. It's just so hard to not like yeah. him. I think uh, F Tony would be my second. <laughs> For that, I, I mean, Ben. I like I like Ben Schwartz. It's yeah. just Ben Schwartz being Ben Schwartz, but I but I have to laugh at the the parallels to both Anthony Scaramucci and to to F Jerry and like the, mm-hmm. how much of train wrecks those two uh, entities ended up being <laughs> in their yeah. PR jobs. So I do I do think that that will be interesting to see where where that heads. Yeah. Would you agree with my ranking of the the romantic relationships being Ali and Chan? Then next you have Aaron and Duncan. Yeah. Then next you have Mark and Kelly. Yeah. Then Mark and his wife. Then Lisa Kudrow and the prison guard. Yeah. Oh, I, absolutely. I think th- I agree with you wholeheartedly that that um, that Chan and um, Ali. Thank you, Ali. How are being set up to be the Angela Dino Ali? Pam. Angela. But, yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I, I keep being afraid that I'm using office names in like for characters <laughs> yeah. badly. Anyway, I think they're being set up to be the ones we like and want to succeed mm-hmm. and will, you know, 
The, and they've got well, and they've got the barrier to the relationship too that you you want to see them fight through, and that also progresses the plot of the show yeah, as well. It's no longer that Pam's like uh, you know dating somebody, Roy. There yeah. is the distance between the Earth and the Moon is the Roy of this show. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is I prefer. I think that's a better direction to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that'll because definitely... yeah, you're you're hitting yourself on the head. The first few seasons of The Office, just like why are you with Roy? Yeah, it's on. so obvious. And and I I don't. I didn't see nearly the same chemistry with Aaron and Duncan, but they're clearly setting that up. So mm-hmm. hopefully that will hopefully Aaron will become a more likable character because I just did not find her sympathetic or likable. The only moment and you you get this with the rewatch. Yeah. When she invites people to that party when her dad's going to be gone for a week. And if you know in the future that nobody should nobody shows up, it is kind of sad to see that moment when you know that the party's a complete bust. I I agree with that in my like heart, but in my brain I go, <laughs> I wouldn't go to her party either. She's awful. Well, yeah, and <laughs> and then they set up, you know, she Even, she makes her worst decision in the last episode. So that's your like last thing with her. Right. Which is maybe like, but she ends up doing like making the the right choice. You become more sympathetic with her. Then mm-hmm. I guess I just mean the Aaron and Duncan relationship. I don't see it yet. Yeah, I, I mean I know that that's what they're going to do, but I don't see it. That's not convincing to me yet. So I would like to be convinced. I will say even, I don't know what she's going to be back on the base for. She got fired. Well, right. I don't know how they're going to write her being on the base so often. Now that's an interesting. Well, maybe thing that'll to figure out. Maybe that'll be part of what's interesting about it in season two is like. It's a it's an army base. It's not yeah. just like it's it's not just like a United Dairy Farmers where you can just stop <laughs> by when you think somebody's cute. Who's ever done that? And nobody's ever done that. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, it's a military base. You can't just be like, hey, yeah, hey, but hey. <laughs> I we discussed our favorite scenes and uh, favorite episodes a little bit. Um, yeah, I yeah, I really like when Naird and Doctor Mallory are yelling at each other through there, and then that episode ends on a perfect note with him yelling, "Adrian." Adrian and Chan comes out of nowhere and goes, Adrian, like mimicking Rocky. And I was like, that's just, I mean, that's a stupid joke, but I just like, that was like the one like really stupid joke that landed that in yeah. the way that it was supposed to. Yeah. I, and I think, yeah, uh, again, uh, by the episodes nine and 10 almost feel like a different show to mm-hmm. me. They, because I, they really have started to hit their stride in a way that, again, you expect then a second season to really nail these characters and i um, think they actually do a pretty good job of reveling in their core plot yeah and they, there's uh they're not bad but there are those middle episodes that really feel episodic sure i and that's and that's necessary and good and i think those i enjoyed some of those episodes mm-hmm. more as i've said because they weren't so close to real life yeah because they you know they didn't focus so heavily on things that in the real world were all just kind of face palming about <laughs> um so that was helpful for me to just like be able to enjoy it as a television show. Yeah. So. Before we get out of here, there's a yeah. few Easter eggs or just little things I noticed that I wanted to point out. Yeah. The when he gets the kids to join it, speaking at the the high school, I love his line. What are you gonna do? Sit there like an idiot, doing nothing, or join Space Force and shoot for the stars? And I, <laughs> I just thought that was a really fun. And then those kids join, and then a month they, later they're on the moon. Yeah. Well, and and for large portions of sitting on like doing research on the moon are sitting doing nothing yeah by the way i thought that was funny <laughs> like shoot for the stars <laughs> is definitely a great a great and terrible tagline for a branch of the military yeah. that's going to space like shoot for the stars very good it's also one of those things that like space force sounds silly but then like some, do you think about it and it's like well air force 
Like that's just like the same combination of words. It, 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 but for some reason, Space Force just doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't register as anything beyond well, like sci-fi. I mean, historically speaking, the Air Force came about like the Air Force came after the technology mm-hmm. was good, like existed and was fairly reliable. Mm-hmm. They, I think, more people would have rolled their eyes if like the Wright brothers plane was the first thing in the <laughs> yeah. Air Force. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. I think and the idea of setting up troops on the moon, boots on the moon, it means the scientist NASA yeah. should be there first setting up the idea of right. colonizing the moon before <laughs> we just send AR15s up there. And there should be doctors and scientists yeah. and yeah, no, I I think that's in real life and in this show where it's like they the people roll their eyes at that concept because it's just so slapdash yeah and it's just very much about the sound bite of we're gonna be the first ones in space <laughs> yeah and it's like okay but we no, we won't like <laughs> we've done that <laughs> we did that it was called the 60s uh, yeah we, <laughs> we, they reference it in this show I, uh, yeah anyway the uh the gas station attendant at the beginning goes it's a big launch today and he's like what launch and it's like obviously this small town would know that right. there's a giant space force base now built on the outskirts of the town. So this guy knows, but then he kidnaps him and he puts him in the trunk. He says, don't let him out until after the launch. And then when Aaron is there in the last yeah. episode, there's a missing <laughs> sign a missing for, him. for him. I didn't, I noticed that and thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah. Um, another one, when he gets there to the space force, he types in, you see him type in seven, seven, two, two, which I'm guessing is S P A C. And I'm assuming the the fifth number is E. So their code to get into the Space Force base is space. Oh, that's very good. I just that's very good. On Mark. a rewatch, that was a, that was a detail <laughs> I I kind of paid attention to, and I I looked at it. So I pulled out my phone, and I was like, "What would seven seven two two be?" And I was looking at the letters, and I was like, "Well, it's S P A C." So I'm guessing that last letter is E from the number three. That's very good. And then one other thing to kind of I think poke fun at maybe they're not the smartest group is there's a like a like a planetarium right outside the big uh, main control room yeah and the earth is silver and in the middle of it mhm i don't think they think the earth is the center of the universe but at least they made a planetarium where it is it definitely <laughs> it 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 gives you insight into how uh how this is not a scientific yeah. thing as much as it is like a pride thing yeah yeah no it's and and going back to the very you know the old the thing that you know copernicus quote had to fight against even though yeah. that's a flawed narrative that too, actually but. might be episode two might be my favorite episode sorry to interrupt you Go, oh you finish okay. no that's, that's it i <laughs> okay. mean just like it definitely gives you sort of the the mindset which is an interesting little tidbit a little easter egg that does that that builds character based so. on what you say i would imagine episode two might not be your favorite again because it, it is filled with just like <laughs> no that won't work that's stupid and then the monkey idea almost works yeah <laughs> although <laughs> the the part where it screws up though is like oh come on like you, you couldn't have subverted our expectations at all like yeah and just knew, actually had it like we knew this is gonna be what happened 
I'll, I have to say, too, it's funny how the big budget on this show mm-hmm. for a comedy, which normally comedies don't get budgets. Yeah, and you're looking at like the the, the one, CGI, the, the sets, and the, the CGI, and then like the helicopter. Yeah, that's and we're, yeah, that's it's a real helicopter, and those those spaces, like I mean, it's probably not you know it's just the middle of the desert, but you still have to go out there, send crews. Right. There's that the one episode where they're doing like the capture the flag or whatever, yeah. where they're out they're testing out the like. Ec- exoskeletons yeah. <laughs> to go out there and send a crew and send all those actors that's a big probably yeah. two day shoot probably all the... so <laughs> trivia for you okay there are so many of the like desert scenes in television shows and I don't know if this is the case in this one but mm-hmm. like you know how desert scenes kind of always look the same in TV yeah it's because they're all filmed there is a uh, basically a tax credit or like a thing in in co- contracts for actors mm-hmm. that if they have to travel more than thirty miles outside of Hollywood, yeah. that they have to pay them more. They have to pay their transportation costs and mm-hmm. things, and that is referred to as the thirty mile zone. Okay, TMZ, the gossip the gossip website TMZ got its name huh. because it's about like everything that happens in the thirty mile zone. At least originally. Well, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that—that that was the whole idea. So that—that's hmm. the TMZ. So who knows if you have to ride your own transportation to go out to in the thirty-mile yeah. zone? Maybe it wasn't that expensive. Who knows? Or you can do the Breaking Bad method and just film everything in New Mexico because it's much cheaper than California. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, last thing I want to throw out there that uh, it was. It, Especially when I watched it that first week, um, that was probably three weeks ago mm-hmm. or so. Um, R.I.P. Fred Willard. Yeah, yeah. That, that to see him after knowing that like he mm-hmm. had just passed away, that was pretty sad. But it was he's still funny. He was still kicking it even there, and uh, it was it was nice to see him, but still kind of an awe yeah moment because it was so recent. So I I think our if where we've landed on Space Force mm-hmm. is it's worth a watch. Yeah, and it's worth your patience. Yeah. Because, because because it feels as though it will be rewarded, if not by the end of the season. I think if you like The Office, you would like it. That's a, probably a good litmus test for can you get into the show? Yeah, if you give it time and watch it. And I think you're right. The second season will hit a better stride. Yeah. So check it out. And and I know that we have plans in the future to uh, to ch- to talk about another Greg Daniels show that's hot right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, stay tuned for that because that'll be coming in the next few weeks. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. For Daniel, I'm Mark Finch. If you have anything you want us to talk about, have anything you want to hit us up with, you can find us on Twitter at nerd underscore associ. That's N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S. OC. The Gmail is nerdassoc at gmail.com. Send us anything you want to hear, and uh, thanks for listening. See ya.